Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and I'd like to start today with a big thank you. We've reached the 2,000 downloads milestone for the podcast and the 75,000 viewers for the infographics at some point during last week. None of this would have been possible without the awesome guests that joined me on the mic since July. So I have to extend a warm thank you to them as well. There's of course still much to come and trust me, I have other incredible speakers scheduled for the next weeks. But I wanted this week's episode to be special, so it's going to be only the two of us, me and my French accent. But don't worry, the wisdom of my guests will be with us as we will be exploring one of the hot topics infused in many episodes. How to cleverly embrace the digital craze in the water industry? We'll see that right after the credits. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com. 20% of the songs available on Spotify were never listened to. Not so long ago, Instagram, then called Bourbon, enabled you to check in at some locations, earn points to hang out with friends, and, as an afterthought, to take pictures. Oh, and YouTube was built to be a video dating site. Well, there you are, fully equipped to cool down a digital enthusiast the next time he proclaims that IoT is the future of water and wastewater treatment. But wait, should you? In fact, the stories these anecdotes tell are a bit different. Why would you upload thousands of songs and keep them on your data centers if no one ever calls them? Simply because you had no way at first to determine which ones would be endlessly listened to. Sure, an early adopter of bourbon checking in at Mount Rushmore while waiting for his YouTube date might hardly recognize what both platforms have become. Yet, his behavior at the time framed those digital behemoths, gaining them billions of subscribers and dollars on the way. Future is always uncertain. However, you can still shape it. Digital applied to process optimization. As water professionals, we know that our processes always have room for improvement, and that's an understatement. Take a typical wastewater treatment plant. Aeration tanks burn about 60% of a plant's energy, essentially to maintain bacterial activity. It is yet very common to use a combination of throttle and brake to keep those microscopic workers in their comfort zone. You know the story, whenever the mixed liquor suspended solids exceed your intended threshold, you turn up your aeration, the infamous and energy glutinous turbo mode. Then, while increasing your sludge extraction to bring your MLSS back down, you might break a little too hard and end up inhibiting your nitrification. Factor in that whenever you change your sludge extraction ratio that affects other areas of the plant, settling tanks or digesters, and even if still on helicopter view, you get a sense of operation complexity. However, focusing on the mixed liquid suspended solids or nitrate levels tends to forget the root cause of those fluctuations, the incoming organic load. Every wastewater treatment plant is equipped nowadays with carbon sensors at the inlet. 
Yet a pollution spike that would be early detected at the plant inlet is the wastewater treatment equivalent to your car detecting you might crash when you are two foot away from the tree and driving at 55 miles per hour. Your plant is not lying in the middle of a desert treating wastewater it creates. It is instead connected to a sewer where residence times range from hours to days. The spike in organic load which causes your headache when reaching the plant probably appeared some hours ago somewhere in the sewage network. Imagine if neither you nor the original polluter were to accept the passive status quo. Pollution could be reduced at source while you would prepare your microbial chaps to hold the siege. Nevertheless, collecting organic load data on sewage networks is not easy as pie. First, the corrosive atmosphere in the sewer doesn't really make it a go-to place for happy gathering. Second, complex sensors did not become instantly cheaper just to support your optimization crusade. This is where data has your back. It is absolutely doable to build the models that use simple indicators like pH, conductivity or temperature to extrapolate quality factors like organic load. It just requires you to build a critical mass on data. This is neither science fiction nor rocket science as Ari Goldfarb explained in episode 6 of the podcast. Companies of the likes of Can Do or Imagine simply leverage AI and machine learning on one end, off-the-shelf sensors on the other, to provide helpful insights on sewer and pollution loads. Operators that used to detect one quality shift per month while wondering why they had to heavily play with the turbo mode now notice that quality actually shifts three to four times per week. And meanwhile, industrials that had no clue so far they were a pollution source received a welcome revelation that might prevent them from repeating some mistakes in the future. Here's a first take-home message. Start gathering data today, even if you don't yet exactly know what for. Don't go for the fancy, keep it simple and consistent. The models you might feed with it one day, thank you in advance, <laughs> so does your stunt double with grey hair that might have to pay the energy bills by then. As much as you might agree at this stage with the idea that there is room for optimization in each plant, I could swear you still wonder how big of a potential this represents. So did I, not so long ago. Revealing the untapped potential of existing plants. While recording episode 3 of this podcast series, Thomas De Bruyne shared some numbers on plants that underwent the digital diagnosis and remedy route Veolia Water Technologies markets under the Aquavista brand. Two of those might simply blow your mind. A wastewater treatment plant in Denmark reduced its operating costs by 40% while increasing its hydraulic capacity by 80%. Just think of it that way. There's no need to expand the plant if you can reach thus large untapped capacity. Said differently, these last numbers implies a tremendous saving on investment. Is that too good to be true? Well, Jérôme de Lentouver from Waterloo shared similar experiences when interviewing on Hakim El Fadil's Smart Water Solution podcast. And so did Jonathan Grant from Imagine on Dave McGimsey's podcast. When you hear the same lines from various non-connected individuals and companies, chances are there is truth lying beneath. Those are two podcasts that I regularly listen to and I might at some point want to have those guys on my microphone just to share some experiences on this fascinating water industry. So here's my advice, 
once you've listened to that podcast, also subscribe to my two colleagues one. A three-step process. To reap the process optimization benefits, just apply this simple recipe. First, make sure to collect the right data at the right place. Second, use this entry to run a diagnosis of the plant and build up a model, also called a digital twin, that computes the process behavior. And third, run process and control hypothesis on the digital twin to find out which ones deliver the best output and share those insights with the plant operators. It is then up to you to launch such an initiative on your own or to get the support of companies of the likes of the ones mentioned before. Wastewater treatment plants are actually not the only playground for this methodology. Applying it upstream within the factories that contribute to the pollution events might also rank as a value move. Industrial operators don't pollute for the sake of harming the environment while smoking cigars and drinking brandy. It has much more to do with a lack of understanding of the water cycle within their plant. As embedded and necessary to their process as water might be, the core of the factory's mission still lies in the production of an industrial good. Which means that plant operators have little focus on the water cycle when they notice at all that there's one. However, acquiring data on process and wastewater streams and using it to run a diagnosis often acts as an eye-opener. As Stephen Gilbert, CEO of Aquacé, reported in episode 5, this exercise allowed to divide downtime on a factory's reverse osmosis kit by a 15 factor, and this only at the expense of an additional valve. If water is not everywhere on the radar, operation costs surely are. Factoring in the opportunity of a data-driven preventive maintenance should achieve to convince industrial players, it almost builds for no downtime guarantee. For sure, digital is not going to disrupt and replace your plant operators, or as Imre Takak said in episode 9 of the podcast, a digital twin is never going to grease a pump. But it will lighten the load on the shoulders of the operators upon making a decision while giving them headspace to take action on all the other tasks a human still accomplishes better than any machine. Statistics say you're watching your smartphone 150 times per day and reacting on an SMS within 4 minutes. Why would you still rely on a single daily analysis and your operator's gut feeling to run complex water processes? Act on the incongruity today. You are also allowed to reap the benefits of the digital craze. It's time for the rapid fire questions. Actually, as I don't have a guest this week, the rapid fire questions will be for you listening to the show. What topics would you like us to address in the coming weeks? What is the trend we shall explore and why? Who should I invite straight after closing the mic? You can reach to me on LinkedIn anytime to answer those questions. I'd love to hear what the water community would love to hear. Anyways, thanks for spending that journey with me today and every week since July. We will be back to valuable guests next Wednesday with Paul van der Grift from Bluecon International. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. See you next time.